evening. I'm October Weeks, paranormal horror dark fantasy author. I also write paranormal romance under the name Libby Bishop. Welcome to Haunted October's Paranormal Podcast. Grab your favorite drink, cozy up around the campfire, and enjoy the show. So tonight we're going to talk about horror movies, which I have done a podcast before on before, but... So, last night, I don't know why, but I really was in the mood because it was so freaking hot. It was like a little over 90 degrees here. And that's too hot for me to be outside playing in. So I um, grabbed an A&W root beer, some snacks, and I started watching horror movies. The first one I watched was Freddy vs. Jason, which I haven't watched in forever. But it was on Netflix, so I watched that. And I forgot how much that movie... Okay, it's bad. It's not like the worst I've ever seen. But I did enjoy it because I like those, um, you know, kind of can't be really bad ones. <laughs> that you know is bad, but you can't stop watching it. Um, but I loved that one, actually. I love the fight scene between Freddy and Jason. So then after that, I watched um, Scream 5, which I had not seen yet. The newest Scream I got. I have to tell you. So I'm a huge fan of Wes Craven and have been since I was a teenager. And I loved this movie so much. So the first time I saw the first Scream movie was in the theater when I was in high school. And I absolutely loved it. And I did like the sequels actually, um, all of them. However, something was always, you know, missing a bit. But I was excited to see this one because of uh, the cast and everything. So, wow, you guys. I don't, I don't know how many of you have seen it, but it's a fantastic movie. It's, so you probably saw this if you follow me on TikTok. But it was such, an, it was such a tribute to Wes Craven. The, just the magic that you felt in the first one really came out of... Uh, Scream 5 and I just I loved it so much. There is this just heavy feeling of like uh, nostalgia and I cannot say enough good things about it. If you have not seen Scream 5 I highly suggest it especially if you loved the very first one. I highly suggest you go see this one because it's I can't even say enough good things about it. Um, and actually at the very end I was a little teary-eyed <laughs> because it just because it had such that heavy connection to the first one, and even um, some of the songs were oh, just go watch it. Trust me, go watch it. So after that, because I was all full of nostalgia, I watched I Know What You Did Last Summer, the original one. Oh, you guys, I absolutely loved. I know what you did last summer. And not because it was the best horror movie I had ever seen or anything. It was just, you know, it kind of had that feeling of when you're, when I was back in high school and I was watching horror movies with my friends. It was just, I was on a roll of Scream 5, so I just kept going with I Know What You Did Last Summer. And it's funny, I look at the cast now, you know, Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Philippe, and Freddie Prinze. I, Junior, I, they're so young. 
I absolutely loved watching it again. I am not a fan of the sequels for I Know What You Did Last Summer, and I have not watched the, sh the TV show on Prime, and I know I should. You know, I've heard mixed reviews about it, but I feel like I should watch it. Just because, like, just because, like, I feel like I should watch it, but I haven't yet. Um, so, after I watched I Know What You Did last summer, <laughs> I watched The Craft, the original. And I think I talked about this a few podcasts ago, but, so I watched the, the, it's not really a, the, uh, the remake, but, like, the sequel-ish, um, that came out, well, last year or the year before. And I didn't like it. It wasn't that the cast was bad. I just didn't like the storyline. I thought it could have been better. Like, I think they could have built with what they had and just it would have been better, but so I didn't really like it that much. The original is near and dear to my heart. <laughs> I saw it in the theaters when it first came out with friends and, um, yeah, it's just got that... Sp I know. Like, if you know, you know. This is one of those, if you know, you know things. And I loved watching it. I hadn't watched it for some reason. I own, I own it on DVD. And I haven't watched it in a while for some reason. But since I was on a nostalgia kick, I watched it. And I'm so happy I did because, oh my god, it brought back such memories. I absolutely love that movie so, so much. I actually just saw a post on Facebook from Feruza um, Bulk that her and Rachel True uh, were gonna start a podcast, which I am so excited about. I can't wait, because this is almost on par with um, Danielle Harris and Scout Taylor Compton doing their Talk Scary To Me podcast, which if you haven't checked it out, I highly suggest it, because it's a fun, it's a fun uh, podcast. So I'm very excited about Rachel and Feruza's um, podcast and I can't wait to hear more about it and I can't wait to listen to the first episode when it comes out um, so after the craft I watched night the first nightmare on Elm Street and I love that movie I love that movie um, <laughs> goes without saying because it's on par with one of those like great horror movies but it's also got that fun uh, like it got that it has that campiness to it that I love so much of course Friday the 13th the original so I actually watched the original and then I watched the um, one with Jared Pad Padalecki from uh, 2009 and I actually watched that not too long ago I think I actually mentioned that I watched it on a podcast and I wasn't a huge fan of it but I st still love to watch it um but the Friday the 13th, so I have seen all the sequels to it, and they just get campier. Like, some of them I can't even watch anymore, but I love the original so, so much. Um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the original, and 3D, the one with Alexandra Daddario in it. Um, so the original, and I had this conversation with someone at work the other day, um, so in the original, there's not a lot of blood. Like, you you really don't see a lot on screen in the original, which people, and I know why they do, because they have such a good use of sound effects 
and just uh, the the music and even the the visuals around it, like, and you think in your head that you're seeing these things that you're not seeing. And I actually think that's brilliant because there's a scene in the original where Leatherface grabs um, uh, grabs someone and he when he closes the door when he slams the door shut. You can literally hear like bones breaking and I hate that sound so much. It makes me cringe so bad. Like I can feel it breaking. It's ugh. um but you don't actually see it. And I love that. And I think some of the horror movies these days are missing that because a lot of them are and I'll talk about this after I talk about the rest of the movies I watched, but um not like I think that's something that's missing in a lot of horror movies these days. Um, so and so I watched all those and I was talking to uh, a friend when I was texting them what I was watching. Um, I'm like, we got to get together and have a 90s horror movie night sometime again, you know, and watch all of our favorites that we used to watch in high school. But we talked about this movie that we used to watch all the time, and I don't know why, because it was so bad. It's called The Club. It was from 1994, and we used to rent it on VHS all the time from the video store down the road from where I lived. And it was such a bad fucking movie, you guys. Oh my god, it was so bad. But it was Kevin Ward, and I love him. I love him. So, um, and I've not ever been able to find it to watch it just for nostalgia's sake, but it was so bad. <laughs> I don't know how many of you have seen it, but it was bad. It reminded me of those, so not quite as bad as the ones we used to watch on um, like the USA Network with Gilbert Gottfried and like Rhonda Shear and Caroline, um, oh God, what was her last name? Uh, I can't remember. But um, those movies and the ones uh, that were hosted by, um, oh God, uh, it was Joe Bob's Drive-In Theater. Um, I can't remember what channel, I, th I can't remember what channel that was, but um, maybe it was the USA Network. Yes, it was, it was, it was also the USA uh, Network. Um, anyway, so it was Joe Bob Briggs, um, and it was all these really bad B-grade horror movies, and I absolutely loved it. Of course I did. But my friends and I, because we were all caffeined up, literally we were just caffeined up. We had like two liters of like Coca-Cola and a bunch of chocolate and sugar in us, and we used to watch it, because um, obviously we were wide awake. And and there was one really memorable one, and I can't remember the name of it, but there were this I remember this scene so well. Um, these there was like two guys, and they were taking this woman out to the desert to kill her. And they had on the way there, they had put like an entire roll, like an entire roll of duct tape around her mouth. And when they um, killed her, she still had the duct tape around her mouth. But you could hear her screaming throughout the desert with an entire roll of duct tape around her mouth. <laughs> oh my god, it was so bad. It was so bad. Um, 
But those, I loved watching both of those shows so much. It was so much fun. Um, so today I might actually have to watch more horror movies. I don't know what yet. <laughs> but I might have to uh, dig back again and, and watch some because that was... I had a lot of fun yesterday watching all those horror movies. Um, I hadn't seen most of them in a while, so it was just, it was fun to go back and watch those and see, finally see Scream 5, which again was amazing and I highly suggest watching it. So I didn't start, I couldn't, so I couldn't watch horror movies really until I was a teenager because I have mentioned this before, but I had, um, night, like I had really bad nightmares, like night terrors and, um, I just, there were times when Scooby-Doo was too much for me, okay? <laughs> I had, I had really bad nightmares. And anyway, so, um, I didn't really start watching them until I was like 14, 15. I've been watching them ever since, but especially I'm fond of the, you know, the sci-fi channel ones, because they've got that lovely campy badness out of B-movies I love so much. But anyway, so getting to today's horror, I, of course, love the Conjuring series, and I just watched Antlers um, a couple months ago on HBO Max, and I really enjoyed it. I really did. It's one of the few more recent horror movies that I fell in love with. So there are some horror movies that I can't watch, like... I am not gonna watch I Spit on Your Grave. I am, I do not like that kind of horror, I'm not a fan of those types of horror movies. I watched The Last House on the left and it took me a while, like that was insanely hard to watch and I almost got up, um, and just left the theater when it when I was watching it because it was just so I can't. Uh, the Hills Have Eyes, the remake. I went to see that with a friend, and that's another one I almost walked out on. I'm gonna say something. When it, in terms of ones that I didn't like, and I'm gonna get so much crap for this, and I know this. I did not like. Saw. And it was not because of the reasons I'm sure everybody's thinking. I, okay, so the, I get the premise of it. Okay, I get the premise of it. And I know why it's popular. I thought it was kind of stupid. I thought, I did not like it. I, honestly, I was bored. And I get a lot of hate from that from my friends, but <laughs> it really was not, I did not like it. And the same thing with the Blair Witch Project. When that first came out, I had friends and I knew people around where I lived that would not go camping in the woods because they were so freaked out by that movie. I finally watched it not long after they did. But um, I finally watched it and I'm like, this is the stupidest thing I've ever seen. 
I could not get into it. I really thought it was the just... So I... That's another one where I understand why it got popular. I understand why it was, you know, frightening for people. But for me, I really thought it was just... It did nothing for me. I thought I was bored watching it. Like I was with Saw. I just... I could not... And I know, you can, you can tell me, you know, maybe if you watched it again. So I did, watched both of them, and I still thought they were the two of the dumbest things I've ever seen. <laughs> I really could not get into either of those movies. And I did try watching like a sequel for Saw, and I watched the sequel to The Blair Witch Project. And still, no. <laughs> and I get a lot of flack for it because a lot of people that I know, uh, both my friends and um, on message boards I'm on, that they love those movies so much. They thought they were some of the greatest horror movies they've ever seen. And again, I understand what attracts them to those movies and I understand why they think they're, they're so good but for me I know <laughs> I had they had no effect like literally I was bored watching these movies and to this day I'm still bored watch you know if one of my friends watched to watch them I'll sit through it but I might be looking at my phone a lot and scrolling through because I'm just it's not holding my attention there are other like found footage uh, movies that I do like. Like I loved Cloverfield, thought that was very well done. And you can bet it, you can make a big old bet about how much I plaque I got for liking Cloverfield, but not the Blair Witch Project. Because <laughs> I got a lot of flack for it. Um, so there are found footage films that I do like, um, but. Blair Witch Project is not one of them. In terms of more recent horror movies that I've seen, besides Antlers, um, I saw a werewolf movie. I, my friends and I, my two best friends and I, had a girls' night, and we watched uh, the the following morning when we were having our morning tea. We watched I Am Lisa on Amazon Prime. It's a werewolf movie, and I loved it. I thought it was great. It kind of uh, reminded me slightly of uh, Ginger Snaps. It's not the same, but I I really liked it. It's called I Am Lisa. Again, it's called I Am Lisa. And I, if you like werewolf movies and you haven't seen it, I suggest giving it a try because I thought it was a lot of fun. I thought it was a great movie. Um, so I'm going to touch back on what I said um, earlier about what I think is missing sometimes in horror movies these days for me and again there are more current movies that I absolutely loved but when I go into a horror movie th these days it's not that I can so yes sometimes you do can tell who the killer is prior to it being you know revealed and I do love the like the conjuring movies um, I did not really like Babadook. 
or heredity or heredity. But when I go into a movie, these like brand new horror movie, I just find that how can I explain this? Originality is lacking and this is not just for horror movies. There have been a lot that of movies that in a lot of genres that I haven't liked lately, but and not so much like so the just like with reading, you know, every genre is going to have the same tropes, but it's up to the writer to create some originality within that. So you're always going to have the same tropes for horror movies, you know, depending on, you know, your slasher films have a different, sometimes have a different set. The ghost stories have a different one. Um, you know, there's the same tropes are in there, but they're like a different set. So when I go into a movie like Scream, I'm not going to be thinking about it in the same terms as I go into a movie like The Conjuring, even though they're in the same, you know, horror realm. They're different types of movies. Um, but the originality just is not there. Like, I think the reason I love Antler so much is because it was a different, it just felt different. It felt a little bit fresher. And I, I also think that as Hollywood allows and even independent films get more attention, um, when Hollywood starts to allow more diverse writers in, it's gonna start feeling, movies are going to start feeling a lot fresher um, and not, you know, not just horror movies. And I know someone out there is saying, but it's horror. It's been done before. Again, I want to say this. It is just like the, when it comes to books. It's up to the writers to come up with characters that are strong enough to keep those familiar tropes from feeling old and tired. I will openly admit that I stopped reading Stephen King for about nine years because it was, I just started reading him again like last year because he, for me, he, it went through a period where I could literally take characters from one book, plop them into another, and it was the same exact story. You know, and that does not hold my attention. And it wasn't that the writing was necessarily bad. It's just it was the exact same story every single time. There was nothing new in there. There was nothing that was attention getting in in any of the books for me. So, and I am excited to read Fairy Tale. I am really excited. Um, but, you know, nine years of not reading his newer works because they just were the same. There was no difference between one book and another. 
for me. There was nothing. So I just, I'm like, you know what? I'm going to stop reading them. I did not like the Annabelle movies. I mean, I love the Conjuring universe. I love the nun. And I love the first, you know, I love um, the three Conjuring movies. Um, but I did not like the Annabelle movies until Annabelle Comes Home, which was the newest, well, the last Annabelle movie they made. I loved that movie. I loved it. I thought it was wonderful. There was magic happening in that movie. I absolutely adored it. But back to Stephen King, this includes not just his books, but also um, movie adaptions and TV adaptions. I know we're talking about movies um, in this podcast, but so I, I watched, I think it was the first version of The Stand. I, I'm probably wrong. With Molly Ringwald. And, you know, it wasn't my all-time favorite, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's not something that I own on DVD or anything or streaming. Um, but I, I tried to watch the TV show, The Stand, and I, I did not like it, which is it actually saddens me because I, some of my favorite actors were in that show. Original It... Uh, from the 90s was not my favorite of course I already talked about this in a previous podcast but I don't really like clowns like I can tolerate clowns but if I can I don't want them near my person (laughs) so when I saw the original it from the 90s I it wasn't bad but it wasn't like, like it wasn't my favorite but I you know just like the stand it wasn't bad but it wasn't something that I'd really rewatch. so and both of those books both the stand and it I had read um, a couple times prior to seeing any adapt movie adaptions so I saw because I like to punish myself and I was damn curious as to how they were going to do you know another it so I watched it 2017 and I watched it chapter 2 first off well done to Bill for the amazing job as Pennywise both movies were really good I uh, the acting was great the directing was wonderful I enjoyed both movies you know I didn't sleep that great because freaking Pennywise but they were good movies <laughs> um I thought those were I I probably won't watch them again but I did I thought they were great adaptions um but I did not like the 90s version <laughs> and I know somebody some I know some of my friends that liked the 90s over the newer ones but I like the newer ones better. Pet Cemetery. Again, loved the book. I love that book. That's one of my favorite Stephen King books. I loved. I mean, I mean, I loved it. I thought that such a good job by all the actors. Um, I loved Pet Cemetery too with Edward Furlong. 
I did not like the most recent pet cemetery. I tried to like it. I I tried really hard to like it. <laughs> I thought it was boring. There was nothing. There was to for me. There was nothing fresh about that story. You know, both of the previous movies were so good, and this just felt like they were trying too hard. I think. I think. That's really what bothered me, is just like they were trying so hard and they failed so horribly. <laughs> but, you know, that's, it's the same thing, like it just was not, it didn't, there wasn't a fresh take on it. And I'm, I'm not sure how you can come up with a better way of, like a fresher way of those movies when the last three were so well done. I got a little off track <laughs> of my original thought, which sometimes happens, but anyway. Um, the point is, is that like his books, I couldn't watch some of the newer movies of his for a long time because they weren't, to me, they just were boring. You know, but that's up to the writers again to create that world where we know all of Stephen King's, pretty much all of Stephen King's stories are in the multiverse of his. And, but there was not, see, and I hated getting off track again. I, I hated the Dark Tower movie. And I absolutely love every single actor in those movies. And I, hated it so bad. I had to stop watching it. I mean, real, and you gave me that as a movie. I was so utterly disappointed. It was not even funny. Like, there is this humongous pile of amazing source material in Stephen King's work, and you gave me this. Honestly, I don't know a Stephen King fan who liked that movie. I mean, there's probably some out there, but none that I know or have talked to. And again, that's the point really that I'm trying to make. Like, it is up to writers to create new stories within the horror genre and make them fresh via their characters because you're always going to have the same tro tropes but if you write strong characters with a strong storyline the movie will be wonderful and I just haven't seen a lot of horror movies that are like that um, I'm loving Jordan Peele again and I loved antlers and you know if you're going to go back and either make a sequel or try to remake a movie like the craft or halloween or scream you really need to have a writer and there goes the train <laughs> you really have to have a writer that 
or a set of writers that knows the prior source material and has a love of those movies in order to make a fresh take on it. I loved to continue babbling. Um, <laughs> and hopefully you'll stay with me for this babbling. Um, and so I loved Rob Zombie's Halloween. I absolutely loved it. I thought it was fantastically done and all the actors were, they were perfect. Um, I also, I think what I really loved about it was it also got in, in the first half of the movie, to what happened, like, what was going on in Michael's mind leading up to that moment um, when, you know, when he was a younger, when he was a kid, when he was a kid. And I loved it. It was so well done. And I also loved the second Halloween by Rob Zombie as well. Um, like, I loved it. Like, it was so well done. But you could tell that Rob was aware of, one, the deep love from the fan base for these movies. And two, he was aware enough that he created, like, he built on it and he gave us something fresh while at the same time going back to that original kind of feeling you know that original terror and I loved that but then you have the craft and which everybody every buddy I knew who saw that loved that movie as much as I I did and but then you have that like you have this perfect base for doing a sequel and or a remake like you have this beautiful source material and you give me that like you give me the craft legacy and it was just like the dark tower so utterly disappointing <laughs> like the writers didn't even try to feed from that. Like they did not siphon a drop of that original magic from the movie. And it's for me, it's like they didn't even try because if they had tried, that movie would have been a lot better. For me, it would have been a lot better. So um, again, I know I got off track. But that is what I wish all genres but specifically for horror movies that if you're going to you know there and there are so many if you're out of original ideas for horror movies and you're drawing off of books one there's more than Stephen King and Anne Rice to draw off from <laughs> when it comes to uh, books in the movies there are amazing horror writers that 100% deserve to have their books made into movies and they would be so amazing so if you're out of original ideas Hollywood come to the literary platform and you know 
turn the magic of those books into a movie. Like, there's no need to continually remake old movies. They're really honest, God, and like, I do not need another It. I do not need another Pet Cemetery. I don't need another Craft. I don't, honestly, do not need another Halloween movie. And I say this from the bottom of my heart. I did not like Halloween Kills. I didn't. I did not like it. Anywho, I don't need another one. Although I wouldn't mind if done correctly, an updated Children of the Corn, because that movie freaked me the fuck out for various reasons. And um, a really good remake of that I wouldn't mind if they could do what Rob Zombie did for Halloween. Anywho, so that's what I wish they would do. Take, if you're gonna continue to do these remakes or try to do a, a direct sequel, have the love of the original when you're writing these scripts. Because take Ghostbusters Afterlife. Oh my God, I love it so much. I cannot tell you how much I loved Ghostbusters Afterlife. I watch it all. It is one of my newest favorite movies. It has the entire magic that was the original Ghostbusters and just all throughout the movie. I can't even with it. I loved it so much. And you know, so capture that magic, please. If you're not going to come up with something original, like a brand new horror movie, um, at the very least, have the respect for the original movies and the fan base that comes with those movies and draw off of that when you're writing because it's going to show in the movie when you don't. And I, again... I would watch a craft sequel. I'd even watch a craft remake if done respectively to the source material. I did not mind that whole twist with Nancy in the craft in the craft legacy, but it was not done well. It was not delivered well. And I hated it. So, <laughs> just, I, this is why a lot of times I find myself watching uh, the independent movies, like I Am Lisa, because you can find such wonderful gems, you know, such wonderful, original feeling, fresher takes on all these tropes and the independent side of the industry. And because the writing in Hollywood, for the most part, it's coming back a little now. I feel like the writing is starting to get better, so to speak, because I think when you're putting in more diversity in Hollywood, the better stories we're going to get out of Hollywood. Um <clears throat> Jordan Peele is like the perfect example of that. And you know what? I would 
I truly would watch another Dark Tower movie if, if, and I mean even with the same character, the same actors, I mean, if they actually drew from the source material and did it justice. I would totally watch that. I, if it's the same type of writing they gave us for the Dark Tower, you're not seeing a penny from me. I might watch it when it's free on streaming, but I will not watch it in a movie theater. And I won't pay for it via pay-per-view. I won't do it. So, originality is what I would like to see. Like, for, at the very least, on if you're going to make all those remakes or sequels, honor the original source material and make it new and fresh and bring it into modern times without um, doing what you did to the Dark Tower <laughs> or the Graph Legacy. That said, now that I've babbled for 41 minutes, <laughs> and thank you for joining me along on this podcast babble about horror movies. Um, and yes, the, the reason I was drawing so much from the Craft and Stephen King movies and Halloween and stuff is because I was feeling so nostalgic yesterday and I was watching all the old horror movies and so that just kind of the theme that I was going with for today's podcast but I hope like I watched there was a movie I watched on um, Amazon the other day called The Cursed and it wasn't bad it wasn't bad it wasn't the greatest I think it could have been better but it was going in the right direction and I'm gonna end this by end this podcast by saying I would love to see more movies for the horror genre I would love to see some that have that same feel as the new Scream 5 did that nostalgic kind of feeling of the original movies like Texas Chainsaw and Freddy and Jason and Scream and with a kick of those you know B-rated horror movies and that you used to watch with Gilbert Gottfried and Joe Bob and it just I would love to see more of that on it like not remakes of those but movies like them just kind of freshen them up and give us a good old-fashioned nostalgic horror movie like the ones on Netflix did you see the Fear Street movies they're fucking awesome (laughs) I absolutely love them I absolutely love them Um, but I did promise that I was gonna end you know I am gonna say one more thing this is not to say I don't want newer horror movies like the conjuring movies and antlers and I oh my god I would love more stories like those there is so much source material from you know myth and folklore there's literally so much that you can do respectively 
as and still give us a good damn horror movie. Like, draw from it. You know, writers of horror do this all the time. There are so many fascinating myth and legend creatures and that you can draw from and just, ugh, there's so much material out there to draw from. I would love, and I mean love, to see more horror movies. Um, I love foreign horror, love it. And I love that Netflix has so much foreign horror movies on, well, actually they have a lot of foreign movies that I absolutely love regardless of genre, but they have such a, a good amount of horror. Um, I would love to see more of that coming also from like big budget movies, you know? Give me something from the folklore of different cultures. You know, I loved The Rooms because it was fresh, it was something a little new, you know, it wasn't done quite as well as I was hoping, but it, it was the same type of thing. Like, you, you know, draw from those writers and directors from those cultures and allow them to tell their stories in this, in this form, in this horror format. Like, there are so many wonderful directors, you know, diverse directors and writers and you know let them do their thing give them the platform because i desperately want to hear those stories you know not everyone can write a book and while there's literally thousands of wonderful horror stories from so many different um cultures that like I will never have time to read them all, but I would love to see them on screen. I would love to, cause it's different. It's fresh, it's different. You know, it has again, the same horror tropes, but with totally new ideas and fresh takes and just new source material. Like, please let them in. Cause I want to see more. I want to see more stories from different myth mythologies and different folklore from around the world. Please give us that in the horror genre. Please. Pretty please. <laughs> Cuz I I really really want to see those stories on the screen. Um cuz I I read a lot of independently published books um and Hollywood is missing out on such gems it's not even funny so anywho <laughs> I'm gonna stop babbling because I've gone over my usual amount of time I'm not gonna be doing a tarot poll to, uh, for this podcast but I will on the next one I promise and if you have any um, comments or questions or you know even suggestions of new horror movies that um, you think I might not have seen yet especially if they're international horror movies drop me a comment um, and I'll talk and I will address any questions or um, comments in the next podcast and until the next podcast thank you so so much for joining me and have a great evening